Bandwidth for January has been provided by Cashfly, the fastest, most reliable CDN in the business. Cashfly delivers all of our content here at 5x5, and they have the best. Check them out at cashfly.com, C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y, and let them know that you heard about them here on 5x5. I'm recording. As am I. Here we go. Three, two, one. We recorded this episode on January 14th, 2016. This is On The Grid, episode 149. This week we thought we'd try something new, and he brought in some real work for us to discuss. Here we go. Man, have you boys installed iOS 9.3 beta yet? No, I don't install betas. It's a phone. I need it. Well, I almost yeah. never do either because... It's a bad idea. You've all heard me do my angry man yells at cloud at software. <laughs> but Yeah, that's the thing you use for emergencies. When your house is on fire, you use the, the iOS, hopefully not beta. But the 9.3 beta has the most important feature ever added to the i operating system, which stands for information operating system. Oh, I know what you're going to say. I know yeah. exactly what you're going to say. Yeah, what am I going to say, Matt? You're going to say the flux thing. The flux thing. It's so important. Seriously, this is game-changing. I still don't use flux, but I'm glad you do. You don't use flux? No. Do you use your computer after dark, he said, knowing you're on your computer right now and it's after dark? Yeah. As a, as a designer, picks colors and stuff. Oh, come on. You, oh. Mm. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. Do you, really, do you end up picking colors after dark, really? I exclusively i only pick colors after midnight well as far as i'm concerned the white balance shift which is what we're describing here that is available via a mac app called flux and is now built into the information operating system 9.3 is such an important computer feature it changed my life when i installed it like i started sleeping so much better almost immediately the idea for those unfamiliar is that typically the light coming out of your computer is you know, white balance so that white is white and everything else is the color it's supposed to be. And the result of that is that you end up staring at a lot of like pure white, which is actually a very cool light relative to, uh, you know, the types of colors you would see at night. And uh, so you end up messing up your circadian rhythms. It's like you're staring into like the sun in the middle of the day and then your brain's like, "Ah, it's not time to go to sleep. I just saw the sun a moment ago. What if there are predators? I should be hunting and gathering. Anyway, I think it's really important. And it's the kind of thing where it's like, I feel like it's a failure of design that it took how many years since the iPhone came out? I guess it's been like uh, eight years, uh, almost, almost, almost nine. nine years since the iPhone yeah. came out. And this, was, this is now just finally happening. This is like mm-hmm. the kind of thing where we focus entirely on the future and we forget about, we forget about ourselves, well, our, our present. First, first, they had to put out the phone. I mean, that, that was a bit of a thing. Yeah, but that could have been, you know, like there are certain things they, they consider essential and if i were designing the phone that would have been one of my most essential things it's got to work with people's lives people need sleep it's got to have flux got to have a bike parts button and what do you mean a bike parts button it's a but it's the third button you hit to get bike parts sent to your house and then it has to have an ebay button the andy phone you're confusing ebay and the bike parts button are the same button first of all (laughs) that's an important (laughs) distinction it's a version of the ebay site that only has a search button without a keyboard it's just a search function and then you hit the search bar and it just auto fills bike parts i will allow you to characterize me shallowly as flux man because it is that important (laughs) to me i will accept this troll i will bear this troll on my shoulders that sounds like the worst superhero of all time. He Lux can't man. really solve crime. Lux man or like, troll shoulder man. I will, uh, I'll slowly ease you to sleep every day <laughs> and back out of it. I can't really solve that many of your problems, but if you have trouble sleeping, I can help a little bit. 
Fuck, man. You make the opponent sleepy by warming all of the white light. Bet, bet, you don't get the kicker. Fuck, man. He's easy on the eyes. Oh, Jesus Christ, Dan. <laughs> New business card. <laughs> yeah. I got to say, my media diet leading up to this conversation was uh, characterized by as ex- extremely diverse, is what I would say. And it's put me in a weird and weird mind state. Okay. What were you watching right before this? Well, right before this, I, let, me, let, me, let me rewind the tape a little bit. Uh, I began a few hours ago uh, in the bathtub watching Vines, um, which, I did for, <laughs> which I did for a while. Hold on. Hold on for a second. Hold huh? on. Yes? Uh, in maybe the you don't have a flux problem. Maybe you have a phone problem, and you should not be playing with your phone in the tub. Maybe you should just walk away from your electronics. I think you're confused you about, about flux. I think you're confused about flux because the flux uh, doesn't do anything with the, with the bathtub. If you drop your phone in the bathtub, it's still broken. Clearly, you're looking at your phone twenty four seven, even when you're in the bathtub. This is the problem. If you just put your phone down at nighttime, you're going to be okay. I spent some of the time in the bathtub, not looking at my phone, listening to a podcast that was playing from my phone. That was after I got to the bottom of the Vine pages. They don't load automatically forever now. They have like a limit. It's a bummer. Mm. Do you like fill the bathtub up or you just, you just sit in it and uh, play with your phone? Oh, yeah. No, I, I just I fill it with you, sand, you're fully actually. Closed, um, no water at all. Just playing with your phone. I fill it with sand and I put on my favorite onesie <laughs> and then I sit in my sandy tub. <laughs> so I started out doing that and saw a lot of funny Vines. Vine is great. Then... I uh, I sent you that Monster Factory video from today, Matt, and I actually I just rewatched the first half of it because it's so good. <laughs> I had to rewatch it. The first half is really good. So I rewatched that, and then when I when that ended, and by ended I mean I stopped at the halfway point because that's the funniest first half. Then I went and just turned on the live coverage of the GOP debate. So that's where I'm at right now. Uh, I don't watch this anymore. Nope. I can't. Don't need to. I can barely understand. I can barely understand what, it. What are you going to get out of it? Yeah, Andy, why do what- you do this to yourself? Uh, well, so the uh, you watch the, Kickstarter videos about jackets. Okay, you watch the GOP debates. You hate your brain, is what you're doing. I like to consume things. I like to expose mm-hmm. myself to ideas, especially ideas that I consider to be I may have already judged. I like to expose myself to those kinds of ideas. So you mm-hmm. know, I poke my head into the GOP debate, and uh, the part I popped. I'm into, sure it's a delight. I'm sure you're going to find all kinds of stuff that's going to change your mind. And make you feel like you were wrong well, about I, this I like whole to, GOP I like thing. to know what's going on. If I'm, if I'm going to be talking trash about the GOP candidates, which I am, <laughs> I would like to be doing it uh, with, a, with a sense of, you know, actual experience and knowledge, not just through sort of I secondhand like, sources. I like to talk trash about the GOP candidates in the way that Donald Trump talks trash about the GOP candidates uh, with no knowledge and by saying nothing at all. There just you go. Just saying words based on nothingness. Really fun. And it well, works. That's the thing. Too. Like, I, I will accept the... Uh, I understand I'm just a liberal elite city dwelling millennial but if i'm going to be one of those people i'm at least going to be one of the ones that doesn't just read all the tweets of the other liberal elite city dwelling millennials and assume that that's my Mm. opinion i see but you know you actually log into the gop debate and it is just oh my goodness is it a horror show like it's hard for me to believe these are actual human men that are expressing their actual brain (laughs) thoughts it's crazy town (laughs) well to be fair there might be a human woman in there is carly fiorina still no, around? No, 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 no. She's not well, around. Only human men left. You're yeah, right. As far as we know, I don't want to make any assumptions. But uh, it's just, it's crazy. Like, I, I will say that it always, it, it reaffirmed a lot of my beliefs <laughs> to see them up there <laughs> talking about their beliefs. Mm, Barack Obama was a good president. I like him. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, you know, yeah. I have a secret. Fa- I hope he just becomes like basically a stand up comedian after his presidency. <laughs> you know, a lot of people, he's they pretty, go and do His delivery is pretty good. He's yeah, it is. so good. So, so good. 
And I imagine how much he's going to loosen up after he doesn't have the world's most stressful job anymore. Uh, I think yeah. he's going to. I think it's going to be good. Uh, you know what he should do? He should do like Henry Rollins esque speaking tours, where it's not really stand up. I don't know who that is. Uh, Henry Rollins. Here, Dan, should we give a history lesson? Yeah. Henry Rollins was the singer about Black Flag. Mm-hmm. He grew up with Ian McKay. Uh, I've seen that Very logo. Very important in the hardcore movement. Yeah. Started out as a tattoo, right? Then it became yeah, a logo. Yeah, I was going to say, you've probably seen it tattooed on some, the back of some necks. Uh, oh, yeah. And then after Black Flag, he started just doing, not really stand-up, just like going around talking, going to all the same venues, just talking about stuff. He did, did a little uh, John Rodericking. Well, I think John Roderick is doing a little Henry Rollins thing. Yeah. But yes. Yeah. Like that was on Comedy Central a few years back and I watched yeah, it and yeah. I, I couldn't understand why it was on Comedy Central. It just looked like him speaking, having some like a few cracks here and there, but mostly it was just yeah. him telling stories. That was it. I mean, I guess you'd call it spoken word. It's yeah. like uh I mean this is right down my alley. Uh, like an Eric Bogosian thing, but it's not a one man show. Is he a particularly interesting or thoughtful man? Oh yes. Yeah. I would say absolutely. Yeah. Because he's his thing is he never stops traveling and discovering things. That's his th- like he literally doesn't stop for more than like two or three days at a time since he was a child. Like since he was maybe what sixteen. Like I don't even know if he owns a home. Yeah, and he's in his fifties. So yeah, very interesting. He just goes to everywhere where it's interesting or dangerous or yeah. I guess I don't know what. I guess the one note that he's very intense when he talks. So very intense. So it's like yeah. watching him talk. You're like. Am I allowed to laugh at this? Or is he just like, he's angry? Like, there's just angry. You know there. what? If I feel like this, he's not that different from Andy if Andy oh, were no. like, a little bit more aggressive, yeah. like a tiny little bit more aggressive. Yeah. If Andy, if you worked out and got a couple tattoos. Oh, now I got to work out, Matt? Now his body's not good enough for you? If you lifted weights and got some tattoos. You think I don't lift weights right now? You think I don't have any tattoos? Have you seen the rest of my body? Well, yeah, you don't have any tattoos, Andy. There's no way. You would you would spend forever trying to decide on a tattoo. Actually, that's the truth. I don't. I wouldn't put it past Andy to want to get a tattoo. Exactly. But Andy deciding on a tattoo—that's oh. never going to happen. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Oh damn. I guess I should give his bid up because that's exactly where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a bike-related tattoo, but it wouldn't be. But he's gonna. Andy's gonna have a problem because he's not gonna know what kind of bike tattoo to get because he doesn't want to look like a dumb hipster with God just like damn. bike gears or something. <laughs> Shit, do I even have to uh, be here? Can you just fill <laughs> in for me? Like what the fuck? <laughs> All right, Andy. I'm so sorry. Sorry for characterizing. But what do you want to get for a tattoo? Yeah, I thought about a lot of things. You'll be surprised to hear. Please say exactly yeah. what I just. You have a said. list. I Please spent, tell me I you spent, have a list. I spent the uh, nine and a half years since I arrived at art school for the first time just thinking nonstop about what well, maybe I could get tattooed on my body. <laughs> Yes, you're right that uh, basically the first step is deciding what is the thing that is important enough that you can decide to tattoo it on yourself. Yep. And so the first thing is deciding what's important about you. Bicycles is up there uh, because they're the world's greatest invention ever. Uh, it goes bicycles and then adjusting the white balance of screens to be slightly warmer after sunset. Um, but you're right. All of the bicycle tattoos look, I'm going to get a cog on my ankle or I'm going to get a bike chain and a heart on my calf. Like, okay, so you like the shallowest part of that thing. So then I thought about um, getting some kind of mathematical representation of how efficient travel on a bicycle is relative to other modes of travel, but, you know, abstracted. So it wouldn't actually, like, be labeled, like, this is how efficient a car is, this is how efficient walking is, and this is a bicycle, look how long that line is. It would be something more abstract, because that's what I really like that about a bicycle. That way, when someone asks you about it, because, of course, you get tattoos, so people ask you questions, and then you get to say, you wouldn't understand. Well, I'll just Which get it on my point. butt, and then the only people <laughs> that can ask me people that see my butt, and that is a 
a surprisingly wide circle of people, actually. So I do some explaining. <laughs> I actually, I always wonder when people get like they have a few tattoos, but they're clearly only in places that nobody gets to see. Yeah. Uh, very few people get to see. It's very mysterious. What? I feel like it's for that person. What's the point? No, it's for that person. You can get a tattoo for yourself, mm-hmm. Matt. Yeah, I guess so. But like, what if it's a place that's hard for you to see too? That is what I, that is what I don't understand at all. Like, I don't understand the like. I got a tattoo across the top of my back where my name would be if I was wearing a football jersey. Right, exactly. That one, it's like not only are you never going to see it, probably almost ever, even without the help of mirrors, unless you live in like a weird kind of infinity tunnel um, with you know two mirrors on opposing parallel walls. Um, yeah. But also, like other people aren't going to see it. It's just it's weird when it's only for other people. That's when it's strange to me. Well. If you ever need help, we can brainstorm some tattoo ideas. I'm sure Dan and I have some great ideas. Uh, or we, you just go in blind, and we'll just pick something for you. That'll probably work out. Yeah, that'll work out the best. One of the other things I considered uh, is I, Calvin and Hobbes is important enough to me that I would consider a Calvin and Hobbes tattoo. But again, you have the you same should problem. Get, you should get Calvin peeing on not a bike. <laughs> just the idea of not a bike. Yeah, yeah. just like or Calvin peeing on a car. You always see Calvin on I a car peeing cars. on other stuff get Calvin actually peeing on the car that he would have been stuck on. In some bizarro world, that is kind of like the perfect tattoo for me, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of. Like he's peeing on like a horrible gas-guzzling SUV. Yeah. So, Andy, I've had my mattress for probably five, maybe ten years. Do you have any idea how many dead skin cells are in that sack? I'm very clean, probably not. But, <laughs> but it is uncomfortable. Kind of sick of it. Look, I don't have a car. I can't go just get a mattress. Well, you're That's screwed then. You are screwed. There's no way to get a what mattress. What am I supposed to do? I'm just supposed to sleep on this mattress forever? For the next 10 years? For the next a million years? Oh, you know what? Wait, I forgot. Um, Hold on. This week's episode of On The Grid is brought to you by Casper, which is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price. That's, that's perfect for you, Matt. Well, here's the thing about mattresses. I know... That is a dirty industry. I don't trust any of those people. I don't trust going to the mattress place, getting a mattress. They're probably going to screw me somehow. They are. bad for the world. They are definitely going to screw you uh, (laughs) right on that mattress. But here's the deal, Matt. Casper also hates those dirty, dirty mattress boys. And they are revolutionizing this industry by cutting the cost. And guess what? They only sell one mattress. You pick a size, that's all you get. Because all that other fluff is just... Ways that can upsell you and get every little red scent out of your little pocket. You're saying all that other fluff is some sort of not latex memory foam? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, this is a hybrid mattress. It's a combination of latex foam and memory foam. And, uh, you know, if you maybe you've tried like a regular memory foam mattress before and you were like, that thing just ate me up like I was a little pearl and it was an oyster. Uh, this is not like that. This is a, they've thought about this. It's the right ratio. Uh, mm-hmm. If you want to make one mattress, you're going to do it right. I mean, you're not going to mess around with that. Well, here's the other problem. Mattresses are expensive, and I yeah. have under $1,000. I don't know yeah. what I'm supposed to do you about this. You don't even this. have a job. You, you work for some made-up company with, uh, with your friends. <laughs> sure. Well, the good news for you, Matt. Again, this is, this is full of good news for you tonight. Uh, these mattresses are affordably priced. It's only $500 for a twin-size mattress. So you can get one of those, and then you can keep Susie on the other one. Uh, or if you wanted to be generous, uh, they go all the way up to a king-size mattress for only $950. Okay, I want to say that I trust you, but it sounds pretty risky. And I don't sound very trustworthy, do I? No. So what am I supposed to do about that? Let's say I don't trust you at all, and I think this is too risky. Well, you don't have to trust me, Matt. Which is good, because you never have before, and you're never going to. <laughs> so what you can do is you can actually just try the exact mattress, your Casper mattress, in your bed for 100 days. 
you send it to you, it comes in a box, you slice it open, it expands like some magical space technology. You get to sleep on the mattress, and if you are not happy with at any point on day zero to day 100, send it back. Free delivery, painless returns, uh, and that's how you really test the mattress. You know how you don't test the mattress, Matt? Hmm. You don't go into a mattress showroom in mattress barn and lay on it for five minutes while some neckbeard breathes down your throat asking you how you, what you think about it if you want to upgrade to some extra layer of whatever. I have one more concern. I've been watching a lot of GOP debates and uh, listening to a lot of Donald Trump. And I want to make sure that I'm making America great again. Well, good news. Good news. Make America sleep again. Casper mattresses are made right here in America. I have to say, I am about... away from buying this mattress. (laughs) You know, it's very interesting you should say that, Matt. It's weird. It's a weirdly specific number, but I have, I have 50 less dollars budgeted than I need to get this mattress. You are a listener, you are a listener of the show, correct? You've you've tuned in before? Uh, Yes, I do. I have to listen to the show like way too many times before it comes out. So I would say yes. It's very important that you're a listener of the show because this only applies to our beautiful, lovely listeners. So go and get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash grid. It's what you're on right now. And use the code GRID. Terms and conditions do apply. They're only the good terms and conditions, none of those bad ones. So thank you to Casper for supporting 5x5 and On The Grid. I, I sent you boys two, two little screenshots before the call began. And I said... These are two versions of the same very simple uh, feature we've been asked to design for one of our clients uh, mm-hmm. that are very different. Actually, do one of you two want to describe the two things you're looking at? Um, yeah, here, I'll, I'll start with number one. Number one is a page that has four boxes on it, all in white. They have a small drop shadow on them. Uh, they're all set in Helvetica pretty simply. Um, the top line says contact public safety, safety with an emergency number and then a non-emergency number. The emergency number is in red. And then there is a second box that says send message to public safety. There's a third box that says request escort and a fourth box that says notify, notify public safety of travel plans. Mm-hmm. So four boxes, Helvetica and blue text, except for the one that says emergency has red text. And, and three of those boxes have like short sentences in the box describing... Little well, descriptions of what button. is happening. Yeah. yeah, they're all buttons. I'm assuming they're buttons. I can't press links. them, but I links. must have designed a good button because you knew it was a button. Number two, D- Dan. Do you want to get in on this, or you want Matt to just? Yeah, do Dan. It? Why don't you describe number two? So number two, in contrast, is uh, similarly four boxes, all of them colored at different uh, variations of blue. Topmost box is the darkest uh, with the most high or the highest contrast. Uh, and the, the last box is the lightest. All of them have white text on it. And each of them have a simple white uh, icon at the top. Uh, the first one says contact public safety. And it's the same two buttons as the first one where there's an emergency number and a non-emergency number. Uh, the difference is that the emergency number is larger. The non-emergency one is a little bit smaller and right underneath it. And then there are the three other big buttons. Uh, notify of travel plans, request safety escort. And report safety concerns. Uh, none of these have really like an email or a number or anything. They're just big buttons. They have icons, though. They all have icons, which At, was different from the first one. The first one is text-based. The yeah. second one is color and icon-based. Although the first one did have icons, they were just smaller and next to the text. That's true. The they were side. like those standard AIGA icons. They looked like yeah. the old-timey uh, modern icons. Yeah. 
the new one are like line drawings, like a fancy SaaS app or something. Yeah, if we were if we were being more technical, I would say the second one, I wouldn't call these icons strictly. I would call them very small, simple illustrations or line drawings. Uh, they're mm-hmm. a bit more, bit too detailed to work at the same size as text. That is sort of set. That's true. Um, which is kind of where I vaguely draw the line between like icon and illustration now. If it works at like at the size of a text, I consider it an icon. If it's bigger than that, it's like a little mini illustration. So mm-hmm. um, one of the things we got requested when we did the, uh, the survey and asked people how to improve the show was more specific talk of what's going on at work. So here we go. Peek behind the veil. This is what's going on at work right now. Here, here we have two different approaches to the same very simple screen, uh, which as both of you identified, offers uh, the person looking at the screen five different options related to uh, safety in a public place. Um, The options are call one of these two numbers, uh, send a message to security, request an escort to go from one place to another, or uh, notify security that you're going to be traveling so they can kind of uh, keep tabs on you. Mm -hmm. And the important distinction here is that this first one, uh, I think, Matt, you said it looked kind of like the default AIGA icons. It's on white. I certainly think it's safe to classify this as boring. Would, would you gentlemen call this boring? I would say it's pretty boring. Sure. I, I, I would categorize it as boring. Um, and the second one here, it's got some brighter colors. It's got these nice little line drawings. Uh, you, we can safely say that as, as much fun as a simple screen offering somebody some personal safety options can be, this one's certainly more fun, right? Sure. sure. Yeah. I'll call it more fun. Uh-huh. It's got illustrations. Yeah. Why not? So this represents... I mean, these are two... This is actual design work done in our office this week for an actual mm-hmm. problem. Both of these were completed in our office. Uh, both were presented. and We don't really have a strong preference as a sort of team as to which one's better than the other or any like sort of strong leaning. But I will say this first one represents uh, more what I feel like lately. I think my like sense of design is sort of leaning towards. Mm-hmm. Which is that, you know, it's, it's extra wordy, right? There's, there's, there's extra sort of sentences here describing why you might want to push this button that is totally absent from the second one. The second one's just got big, beautiful illustrations and the button and you can hit it and you can go. Um, and this sort of first one is also a bit longer because it has extra text. It doesn't fit entirely on one screen. You have to scroll to kind of see all the things. Um, it's boring and on white, which prevents, you know, possible interactions with color. For, you notice in the second one, we couldn't really make the emergency number red because... It's on a blue background, which would be crazy. Mm-hmm. So instead, we had to make it bigger and throw a little like warning triangle icon in there. Um, so the first one is kind of boring, but it's it's explanatory um, in a way that maybe I just like have been designing interfaces for long enough and have sat through enough user tests and have gotten enough feedback <laughs> from people that I finally just am convinced that nobody gets anything. But, <laughs> but the interface is is described like. Actually, I gave this tip to my, my GD1 students a couple years ago when I taught my GD1 class. I was like, when you're designing something, anything, especially an interface, I think it really applies to an interface. I, I like to think about it as like a conversation because the interface not just has to do what it's supposed to do, but it also has to like announce to the person that is going to be using it what it has to do. And I think mm-hmm. designers oftentimes like to get all fancy and say, oh, we're going to make it announce what it's supposed to do with this thing that's intuitive and this interesting novel design. And instead here on this first one, we've just basically written out what you would do in a conversation, right? You could read this down uh, and it would read the same way you would like talk to a person, Um, which assuming we wrote descriptions that are clear enough, which I think is a big assumption because writing is very difficult, uh, seems to me like it is the safest possible, you know, solution to this screen, which basically, you know, it's it's doing a fairly important thing. It's, It's personal safety information that 
somebody may need in a pinch. Uh, they may, you know, need these things in a situation where there actually is a problem. So it's very, very abundantly explanatory and blunt. Um, so that's the first one, right? Yeah. So the second one, as we said, more fun. Uh, it has these uh, illustrations, which I think in many of instances, they kind of indicate what the thing you're going to press is. Like they're a little bit informative. They're not strictly just decoration, but they are largely decorative. You know, we have a little like boarding pass here for travel plans. We have a little paddy wagon for public safety, uh, you know, a little clipboard with an icon on it for reporting a safety concern. Um, they're mostly decorative and they do make it a little bit more fun. And I do think some of the sort of utility has been lost here, mostly because we're missing those descriptive sentences, right? Mm-hmm. No longer is this interface, you know, bluntly explaining what to do with it. Also, in the first one, you'll notice that the icons. Next to the text, we have a, you know, a phone icon in some places, a little mail icon in other places, are actually indicating what you're going to do when you press that button. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, like transparently here, when you press the phone number, it's going to call it. If that wasn't obvious, it's going to bring up a phone call. Um, mm-hmm. So we kind of put that there to make it clear. The one that's maybe not clear is like request escort is also just going to bring up a phone call. We took call the escort uh, company. It's not going to do anything fancier. So I think in the first one where we have the phone icon there and that sort of parallel structure, it makes more sense because that's what you're going to be doing. That's also mm-hmm. lacking from here. You don't really know what's going to happen when you hit request safety escort. So I can make all sorts of Ooh. arguments to myself in my own head as to why this first one is, uh, you know, makes more sense, is more clear, is going to be misunderstood by less people. But the second one, more fun, it's got more colors. And I think many people would make the argument, I'm not going to say that I would, I think many people would make the argument that it, this stuff is already so obvious that maybe you lose like one out of every 6,000 people uh, that's not going to understand what one of these things mean. I mean, it says notify of travel plans, request safety escort, report safety concerns. Like it's, it still says the thing you're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is kind of this weird line we're on, right? Like this one, how many people are you actually going to lose? How obvious is it actually uh, yeah. versus my current leaning in my own heart, which is just... Nobody gets anything. Let's be super blunt and over and sort of hit him over the head with it. So honestly, the first one is really the only one out of the two that I feel is even remotely su- successful. Um, uh, looking at it, like when somebody is going to a page like this, they're doing it with intent and they don't, it doesn't matter how pretty it is. They just want to be able to find the information that they're trying to find. Like if they're looking for an emergency number, that should be the most obvious thing on there. They shouldn't have to parse it out. And honestly, with the second one, it's, it takes more energy to parse out which one is the emergency number because everything is blue, everything is white. There's some little hints here and there, but nothing is really obvious. Where with the first one, it's red text, and it's a, it's a phone number with a phone icon next to it. It's, it couldn't be more obvious. And like with all the stuff that you said, um, I completely agree that it, it could be the more successful one because when it comes to the, com- when it comes to the emergency uh, phone numbers, there is... New information around that. It's just the phone numbers. With things that need more explanation and have more latency, like be able to send a message to public safety, like that will have latency to it. So it's okay to have a little bit of extra um, text around it just to explain exactly what it is, what it's useful for, all of that. So everything feels really balanced as far as function. The second one entirely, it just, it, it feels like a graphic design project in college. Like you, you want to be able to take something and pretty it up and i feel like that is completely out of context for this because it doesn't matter how pretty it is it matters that people are getting what they need and if it doesn't look like some awesome like new age sort of fucking design or something like who cares 
That's not the point of this. So you would agree then that people will not understand the second one, you think? Like, you're, you're kind of with me, and the people need to be, you know, handed their, their sort of plate with instructions. They, they need to be really over-the-top, blunt, obvious. Yeah, I mean, because the, the, the thing that's going through my mind is that if somebody's going to this page, they're not in a happy-go-lucky mindset. Like, if they have an emergency, that's the first thing that they're thinking about. If they are thinking, like, they don't feel comfortable being able to walk from building to, um, like, their car or something like that, then they just want to figure out if there's a safe way to do that. They don't want a pretty button for that. They just want to know that there is something there for them. And with the second one, there's, there's no context. There's an icon and there's some text. that You don't really know what it's going to do on the other side. Matt, do you have a contrasting opinion or the same opinion? I have a question. Well, I have a question for you. All right. Hit me with questions. Well, so here's an opinion I have, but it, pretty, it mainly applies to trying to sell something like a marketing page, like trying to get new customers. I tend to think people don't read most of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like if you have like a landing mm-hmm. page. I don't think people are actually reading any of the stuff that's on the page. And I try to encourage people to like, let's cut down on it. I don't think you have someone's attention for very little time. But uh, this seems like a very different context because it's not like somebody got here by accident and you're like, okay, I have one to three seconds of your time. I got to get your attention. Better draw a picture of it so you can just notice it. I think someone's here because they have an emergency and it's pretty important to them. Um, do you, like one, do you believe that to be true? The first thing I said, and then do you think that applies when someone's in a more serious situation? So I do believe that people don't read almost anything uh, unless they've set out with the goal of reading. So maybe even this. Um, I think your point is very valid, and here, you know, it's especially true when you're making something that is like marketing like you said it's trying to appeal to people you're trying to sell something you're trying to convince somebody yeah. of something but you are basically assuming no intent no context at your audience right you're just basically kind of taking the shotgun approach like gee i sure hope this works for everybody let's make it big like you don't know and- you don't know who's landing on the page whereas like <clears throat> you now you kind of know you yeah. kind of know what their intentions are yeah so um so you're right i think that most people don't read things but here this is one of the situations where we can, uh, you know, assume that people are going to be willing to read if, if, if they are trying to do something specific. And so providing yeah. them extra text is giving them extra sort of hints as to what they can do. Um, I do think that if done correctly, it should be kind of like a progressive enhancement thing. Like the text should be there available to you. But if you don't read yeah. it, you don't have to read it to understand, which I hope is what we've kind of got going on in this first one, right? Um, I think you can ignore that text if you are the person that's likely to do that. And that may be 95% of the people, which is great. But if it can be there for the 5% of the people that need it or want to read it or want to be very thorough before they, you know, make a phone call because they're anxious about making phone calls because they're a young person, Uh um, then I think it's good to have that information there because, you know, if it's no harm to anybody else, you know, everything, everything you put on the screen is a little bit of harm. But if it's very negligible to people who are moving quickly and can be there to help people that are not, then I think it's generally something you should favor. But I also think, I think on the other side too, there is the, there is the part where if, if something is pretty important and you decide to either hide it or make it small or make it hard to access, uh, like the, the ways that that can annoy somebody goes up exponentially. Uh, like just today, I was trying to, our, our healthcare renews in two months. So everybody has to like go through renewal on, we use benefits. And uh, Zenefits is like 
oh, it's really nicely designed, right? And it has... Uh, no, it it's looks a, lot a lot of white space is what it is. No, I, I, well, let me finish my point. And so, like, yeah, if you go to, like, anthem.com or whatever, it looks kind of like a bank website. If you go to Zenefits, it looks, like, in quotes, nicely designed. But then you realize, like, I was, like, going through the process, and it was, like, comparing plans, and it was showing me, like, only two pieces of information about those plans. And it says, oh, you can click here and have them open up on a different page for more information. And I'm like, of all the things to compare, I think this is maybe, like, a really important time to show me every single piece of information Mm -hmm. because this is a pretty big deal and a pretty important decision. you don't want every single piece of information. Have you seen the booklet (laughs) that actually has the full policy? Oh, God, yes, I have very very recently, actually, and I've gone through it in detail. Sorry, but my point is that, like, there's, like, nicely designed in quotes, and then there's, uh, well, there's actually well-designed, and then there's nicely designed in quotes, which can annoy the shit out of you when you're really trying to do something that you think is important. Yeah. Um, And maybe number two falls in that category. I don't know. I actually think, I don't don't feel as strongly about number two being bad, because I think uh, if everything... Like, I think you're maybe a phone icon away from solving your problem, because if everything just calls a phone number, then I'm not sure that you need explanation because you're going to talk to somebody. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not really sure. See, if, I, I don't know if, if I... If number two is bad. Like, I don't know if I can agree. Like, it... And I'm not trying to say that, like, it was done poorly or anything. I just, I don't feel like it... No, you can say it's done poorly. That's fine. No, no, yeah, I, just, like, it, like the page. Dan's saying it's bad because you drew the icons really poorly. No, like shit. No, that's mm-hmm. all he's trying to say. No. Otherwise, it's perfect. This car needs to be at least three times bigger. What? <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that I don't think it's a good fit for the intent of the page because if you look at it just first glance, it is just blue with white text. There is there is very little as far as hierarchy of the actions compared to the can- containers that they sit in. Where with the first one, it's very simply, there's just a lot of white background. There's some simple text that is easily, easy to ignore, but then all of the actions are very clear. And the most important one that is the most urgent, it stands out from everything. Like, I think that's what the big difference is, is that the second one to me would fail because the thing that is, could be the most urgent still takes time to try to figure out where it is on the page. Because the, the first thing that you're looking at is boxes and then stuff inside the boxes. And then finally, there's the phone number that, you, mm-hmm. that you're looking for. Sure. And I started this off by saying that this first one is kind of like where my, my heart and gut is leading me these days. And this is an example, but everything else I've been designing feels this exact same way. Mm-hmm. Where, you yeah. know, our part-time employees mm-hmm. will design something and I'll be like, yeah, this is great. But you should write a sentence here that says why to click it. And they're like, do we need that? I'm like, ah, my heart tells me we do. But... I do want to play devil's advocate a little bit on the second one, Dan, to push back a little bit. Okay. Um, so you said there's no hierarchy. Um, I think pretty clearly... I would, disagree, I would disagree with that because of yeah, size and color. I think pretty way. clearly between the, between the first one and the second one, the first one has like two levels of hierarchy. There's the emergency number, and then there's everything else, which is treated exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one has very clear hierarchy where there is one thing at the top, which is important and highest contrast and darkest, and at the top, which makes it more important. Uh, that's where both the phone numbers are. Then going down the page, we have things that are getting smaller as we want to draw attention to them. And I think there actually is a lot more, I'm not saying better, but more hierarchy. There's more layers of like things to kind of go through here, which maybe is part of your criticism, right? There's too much to think about and kind of look at. Um, but the hierarchy, I think, is very present. Um, and the other thing I want to push back on a little bit, Dan, is that uh, I, I appreciate your focus on the like 
I'm in an actual emergency, I need this number immediately use case, because you can certainly make the argument that it's the most important use case. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the most common, but it's certainly the one where you least want to fail, because that's the one where <laughs> you know people yeah. really needed something, and if you fall short, that's not great. Um, but you said that you know this is not a time where people are going to be happy. It's like a very serious part of their life. You said something similar a while back, maybe mm-hmm. back and splice it in here. People remember. But the um, perhaps... <laughs> Hypothetically, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, one of the goals that our client has here is encouraging people to use the services that they provide more uh, mm-hmm. to not make it a serious thing, right? Like requesting an escort doesn't have to be a thing you do only when you are convinced you're going to be stabbed, but it could be a thing you do yeah. every night when you're walking home because it's a, it's a service available to you and they want to encourage it more. Sure. Um, so I think a big part of what's going on in the second one is that it is a functional page, right? Like we're trying to make these things available to somebody so that they can use them when they need them. Uh, which is what's very, very much happening in the first one, undeniably. But also, uh, we're doing a little bit of that marketing that Matt talked about, where we want people to look at this and feel like, oh, this is a, this is a considered thing. This is kind of beautiful. This is a thing that I, I should think about more, maybe. Um, and I don't know how to like, quantify that, yeah. uh, but I yeah. think that's well, very actually, often what people, mm. what people are talking about when they talk about this kind of design, when they talk about the value well, the of... One thing I, I didn't say that I was thinking about saying was that uh, the first one does look a little bit like a thing you bury in an app, right? Yeah. Whereas the second one looks like a thing someone took the time to do and care about, um, which is notable. That is notable because it makes me think, oh, here's a, it might be an actual service. It might be an actual thing I can use as opposed to like, you know, I've, been, I've definitely been tasked to be like, hey, we need a way for people to get in contact with us, but we don't want too many people to do it. And sometimes it looks like the first one. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, I think the thing I want to push back on is uh, given the example of requesting a personal, like a, uh, an escort to point A to point B. Uh, if somebody goes to take that action and they do that, and then uh, it's something that becomes a recurring action that they want to take over time, given that they're calling a phone number, what's the likelihood of them going back to this page time after time? And what's the likelihood of them saving that number in their phone after the first time or the first few times? So it might not be pretty, but the fact that it's functional enough that somebody can go and use that service and then to be able to uh, carry away from whatever this experience is, whether it be an app or a website or whatever, and then it's saved elsewhere in their phone, like that's really... It's like thinking outside of that that first experience, trying to figure out like what's reasonable for people for like repeated use. Yeah, but 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 if you get them to use it the first time because it looks like a more considered thing, the saving the phone number is the easy part, right? Like once you have the phone number in your contacts, it's pretty easy to like create a new well, contact. <laughs> Getting someone to try it for the first time might be the hardest part. Yeah, but so I don't know. Like the thing that uh, I don't know if it's justified or not, but I just don't know how much of that is designers wanting to make stuff feel more substantial and how much of that actually relates to people wanting that. Like, I don't know if the, the better graphical treatment necessarily means that it's more valuable to people or like it, it mm. is more trustworthy because just because it's a, it's a nice, shiny, or I guess flat blue button... I don't, I don't know if it makes people feel like it's more trustworthy. 
Well, I, I mean, I can say just from my own experience that uh, people avoid things that look like terms of service, you know, and if it doesn't have to look that way, it's just an, it's a little bit more encouraging. Well, mm-hmm. sure, sure, uh, but but to, at the same time, it also depends on what the rest of the experience is uh, in the app or the website, or whatever the digital interface is for this. Uh, mm-hmm. Is the rest of experience the experience like this? If so, there's an expectation of whatever the presentation is for all of it. If this was a one-off page that it looked like this, of course, it mm-hmm. would feel like a terms of service because that's what a terms of service page is. It's like some offshoot thing that everybody forgets about. It throws in at the last minute. Actually, yeah, Andy, is the rest of the app decided already? Are you using it? Does the rest of the app look like a thing, uh, you know, look like it's AIGA icons in Helvetica? Or does the rest of the app look like line drawings on blue backgrounds with, uh, you know, a more kind of illustration approach? So uh, there, this is going into an existing app uh, that we did not design, had no hand in. Uh, okay. So so you mentioned Helvetica. That is because that I felt like at least should match. Uh, I wouldn't choose that of my own accord. Um, the rest of the app does not look like either of these screens, really. Uh, there's a lot of different stuff going on. There's many different navigation items. They all take you to different places that look different ways. Many of them take you to just websites that are designed in their own separate ways. So there isn't really a consistent language aside from this, you know, nav bar you see at the top, which uh, you can imagine is, you know, if, if I can describe pages. the nav bar, it Do is it. Uh, iPhone blue background, hamburger button on the top left, the mm. word safety tips and Helvetica on the top right, Helvetica bold. Simple yep. enough. Yep. And uh, that's another thing I wouldn't do normally. But again, we're working into an existing thing. So some of that stuff has to come with us. The hamburger actually, that button. Actually, that would be a thing I would love to talk about in the future is that I feel like everybody always talks about the ideal situation where you design every single piece of every single thing and you're, you're the hero. But oh, man. How many times does every single one of us have to design an existing interface in some existing world yep. and have to deal with the problems that exist and work with that? And like that, yeah. it's a whole other thing, but like... Well, I don't want to have one of those moments, Matt, but that almost never happens for us. This is the first time I can actually remember we've actually agreed to design Where you don't oh, have to products. deal with anybody else's pre-existing thing ever? Yeah, I mean, Matt, Matt kind of described... No, Matt described my, my day-to-day. It's, oh, good. Yeah. Well, Andy, I'm glad you have to deal with it. Go F yourself. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, but yeah, so I, I think, um, Matt, you had a good point. I think you said it pretty well. Um, the, the other thing that I'm thinking about, Dan, this is another thing kind of in the devil's advocate for the second option. I wouldn't sure. say devil's advocate. I think these are two equal options that I can say there's no objective reason to use one or the other. They just have different virtues. Mm-hmm. Um, the... Use case that I think the second one is most catered to is use case of person that is thumbing around this app and taps on the personal safety thing because they don't know what it is and they arrive here. Uh, to Matt's point, I think if you arrive at this top one, you're like, oh, boring stuff, don't care, and you leave uh, because you see there's an emergency number, you see there's a bunch of text, and you're like, I don't, none of this is relevant to me. You arrive at the like second tapping, one, it's like you doing see, you tap the, uh, the like, in your iPhone settings and you tap the page of like legal requirements, you're like, oh, obviously I wasn't supposed to get here. This is just for the law. I'm out. You arrive at the second one or some version of this or something designed with the same kind of values and you see immediately, oh, there are four things I can do here. They're in their discrete boxes. This second one fits completely on the screen. So there's never any scrolling, uh, which is not true of the first one. Uh, and you can see that these things are, you know, considered enough that someone took time to draw a little illustration for them. I think people will look at it and at least read these sort like three word uh, labels on each button or at least a couple of the buttons and know that there are things that are available to them. Uh, And while that certainly is not anywhere near as important as the use case of 
I arrive at the app because I have a, a huge emergency. I need to contact somebody immediately. Mm-hmm. That feels like a way more common use case, which is somebody is thumbing through this app and wants to see what it has to offer. And they arrive here with no real understanding of what's going on. So I think that's the biggest thing you can say about the second version. It's like, oh, that wins here clearly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, going back on it, like uh, most of the qualms I have is just the first one is more informative. Like I, I feel like that's the more, um, I don't have a better word, but it feels more responsible. Like if you're able to convey as much information as you could without going on for paragraphs, like I feel like that one did it. Uh, the second one just it feels like there's a lot of unanswered questions of uh, like if you're reporting safety concerns, if you tap that, what is it going to do? If you know, if notify of travel plans, who are you notifying? How are you notifying? Like all those sorts of things come up that it's it's hard to figure out just kind of on a glance. So that's why I do like I still strongly feel like the first one is way more successful. Like there's other mm-hmm. things that. Uh, if the second one was chosen or was considered, I mean, there's still stuff that like, I would still try to argue, is there some way to be able to uh, convey more um, uh, prominence or urgency with the emergency one just to be able to balance that out? Um, like that, yeah, that's exactly. A, like yeah. Some of the things you're describing about the first one would be relatively easy fixes in the second one if we decided those were really important. Yeah, sure. Um, so, and I mean, I'll tell you, the first one is something that was the very first thing I did. I did it in a matter of minutes because look at it. It's barely a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of very straightforward. And again, I, I want to reiterate, I'm kind of playing devil's advocate. My heart is still pulled towards this first option. But I do wonder, um, you've heard the, the old saying, I don't know where this came from, but uh, I wrote you a long letter. I'm sorry I didn't have time to write a short one. Um, in this first one here, I very quickly was like, all right, here are the things. I will describe when you would tap on this thing and why you want to do it and what happens when you do it. And then it's all very straightforward. And if somebody doesn't get it, it's their fault, not mine. Um, I don't actually think that. That's me kind of exaggerating a little bit. Um, I think the argument could be made that if you took a lot more time and care, you could express perhaps all of the exact same information or enough of the same information that you would catch 99.9% of people and do it in a way that is much more kind of carefully thought out. I think a lot of people kind of, that's what design is to them. Like somebody mm-hmm. else was doing it the, the quick, long way and they were hired to do it the sort of, intensive short way um, yeah. and i'm not saying a second one's there but i do wonder if the flaw in my logic of like interfaces should be explanatory and should be blunt and obvious is just me kind of taking a little shortcut and saying i'm not going to bother to try and make this better i'm just going to give in to it being bad well the thing i've experienced too is i think that way a lot where i'm trying to like say okay i'm learning from experience here are the things that work and i'm gonna just not, I'm not going to do the designery thing. I'm going to do the thing that works. And you, and you go to present it or you go to try it. And uh, it's like, ah, this is boring. Can, can't we make it cooler? And like, j- like just as like uh, designer guy, it hurts my heart and makes me go, oh, fuck. Like I did a, I made, I made a boring thing. Like that, I, I, I don't know if Andy still gets that anymore or Dan does. I still get that. Oh, I love when people say it's boring. No. It means somebody it says right. it's boring. And I hate it. Like, that, that drives me crazy. I hate it. Oh, it doesn't drive um, me crazy at all. If they say it's boring, that means that the first thing I noticed was that nothing was wrong with it. <laughs> yeah. That's a huge Maybe. triumph. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, I'm not totally convinced of that yet. But, uh, yeah, I have not been worried about things being boring for a very long time. It's probably just because, the, I mean, somebody had made a comment on it uh, not too long ago, but I'm a lot more focused on 
I guess, like the functionality and as well as like the front end stuff. So boring to me, it's fine. I like, I don't try to glam it up with some sort of graphic design hoo-ha or anything like that. So, well, I guess the, the, the other thing is that, uh, a lot of the times there are other people working on the product who probably know the functionality better than I do. Um, I can try to think about it big picture, try to gather all the details and, and uh, make them a little bit more concise or just pull them together in something that we can actually look at and evaluate. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes the questions are very detailed. They're something that probably a developer is going to answer much better than I. And uh, I can't answer every functional detail to the degree that I would like to. So... I can handle the function to a degree, but not to the nth degree that I would like to. So when it's when it's boring and it's not every functional answer I can give, that does drive me a little nuts sometimes. I'm actually I'm surprised you guys don't get that at all. Still, not even a little bit. Yeah. I don't feel bad about things being called boring. No, no, not even close. <laughs> not there yet. I'm hopefully I never get there. You boring old fucks. But. <laughs> <laughs> Note taken. <laughs> I will give you one guess as to which one of these you listeners at home can can play along too. Write your answer in an envelope and seal it. Pass it to your neighbor. Uh, which one of these my our, our client liked better? Oh, should we play like Jeopardy music? I mean, it's it, it's fairly obvious, right? Is there any doubt which one the yes. client liked better? option two yeah it's option two of course you have option two look how much look how because much they hired because they hired a designer and you did designer stuff to it yeah true yeah mm-hmm. there you go option two this is really one of those cases where i like testing i like testing t- things sometimes and seeing how it goes mm-hmm. i i have to say like we we did an episode about testing a long time ago and i feel like the end result was like sometimes you you can't test everything and so you just don't test stuff but i have to say like in general I love testing two things and seeing what works better because then I just know more information. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not a baby who like cries about my design getting worked over or whatever. You just cried uh, about your designs being called boring by your client. Uh, no, that's <laughs> not about my designs being called boring. That's like me my effort being put into something being called boring. That's a different. Who would thing. say that? You walk into a meeting and say your effort you put into this is boring. No one says that. They call your designs boring. You got butthurt about it. Just admit it. <laughs> First of all, that's never actually happened to me. I'm just, it's a hypothetical situation that I'm imagining. Oh, okay. <laughs> sure, bucko. Second of all. Oh, wow. No, I, I do take it that way. Is that like, sometimes uh. I take it as boring doesn't mean you put enough effort into making this great. Which is, maybe you guys have a healthier attitude. I don't know. This has been On The Grid, episode 149. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, hey, Matt, where can we see these two images? Well, I can't post them quite yet because Andy's not done with the project. We will post them when we can, if we can. Uh, Until then, go to onthegrid.reddit.com. Take a guess as to what they might have looked like. Hopefully, we did a good enough job describing that you know exactly what we're talking about. Go to onthegrid.reddit.com and post a comment. Thanks to Dan for the interlude music. Thanks to Glassboy for the ad music. Thanks to Girlfriends for the theme music. And finally, thanks to you for listening. Until next week.